This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader teaches us through her own personal journey of losing her 17-year-old son, how she learned to become an inspiration for others. She believes that everyone in their life has a form of grief, and her journey is to empower others to overcome these difficult times. The grieving process steps that she teaches us are ones that you too could apply every day to live your life with success. Sherry Ricard is my guest today, Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 33 starts now. Welcome to the program, Sherry. Hey, Melanie. Thank you. Wow. I am really glad that you are joining me today on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. You are show 33. I cannot believe it's gotten to 33 shows and you haven't been on my show yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. 33 is a lucky number. 33 is a lucky number. Uh, So the reason that I have you on this show is because you have so much to share that can really help and inspire people. Uh, For people that don't know you, uh, can you give them just a quick review sure on what where you are in your life you know who you are your brand and then I really want to start to talk to people about your journey so I'm sure you take the microphone okay sounds good thank you well um my name is Sherry Ricard, and I've um, been in the medical industry for over 24 years, and that's a little bit about my background. Over the last 13 years, I've been in the medical business industry. Um, how at the twist. And, you know, I was really in a crossroads between um, just depression and destruction or taking what life had given me and making it basically my mess, my mission, and turn it into a message. And so that's what I did. And it took a while. This is not something that happened overnight because I wrote for seven years. Um, In 2014, my first book was published, Wake Up, Call a Mother's Grief Journey. And it's basically a story about a mother that grieves. And it's not just a book about someone that grieves over a child. It's grieving in general because it's a universal emotion. At some point, everyone in their life is going to grieve, whether it's over. Okay. Whoa, 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 the whoa, 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 Wait, Joe right. just told me that we have to start over. Yeah, we lost. We lost. We lost the Bluetooth connection. We lost the Bluetooth connection. Look, I'm telling you, what is it? What is it? About? <laughs> I'm like, wait, he goes, he's sending me the signals. I go, whoa, 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 wait. <laughs> It just, that's we, hilarious. That's only happened one other time, and and of course, and well, it was in the course. testing, and it well, was in the testing. Yeah, well, yeah. So uh, for some strange reason, and I tell you what, it's really that is, we lost the Bluetooth connection, which is how you come into the to the mixer, and I've it's never happened before. So that I know <laughs> that's of, so. crazy. You just said, but you know what? You know what I have found? Any time I do any type of, whether it's an empowerment night or some type of speaking or podcast show, anything that I do where the message is going to reach someone that the devil's trying to block, 
Yep. There's always a problem. There you go. Always. You're not going to beat us it's today. The, it's the craziest thing. I'm telling y'all it. You wouldn't believe some of the things that happen. Crazy things when I'm on to a speaking event. And then at the end of the event, somebody's like, oh, my gosh, if you hadn't have been here, I think I probably would have died. Yep. I'm telling you. And I believe that. It's crazy. It's crazy. So this evidently this show is meant for someone the devil's trying to block us. Mm-hmm. Got we got to fight right. through it. I'm, uh, I'm going to have Melanie to tell you to take it from just introducing yourself again, and we'll go from there. Yeah. You good? You okay. want you want a second? Breathe a second? <laughs> I know that's like... I don't remember where I was okay. because I never say the same thing twice. <laughs> that's good. All right. So I'm going to... I'll just kind of go... Uh, let's see. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the program, Sherry. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. You are show number 33 on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, and I've been twisting your arm all year. Yes, you have. To get you on this program <laughs> because I've I've been connected to you for a long time. Uh, we had crossed paths in our work environment, but you have such a personal story to share that can uplift and help people be stronger in their lives. That is what this program is about. So can you just briefly just give us a little overview about who you are, your purpose, and I'm going to get down and dirty into your journey and, and really how people can connect to you. So take it away, Sherry. Thank you, Melanie. Well, just to tell you a little bit about um, my background, um, I am a mother of three. Um, Two of my children are living, and one is living with Jesus, and that takes me to my story in 2007, but I have been in the medical industry for over 24 years, Um, the last 13 years in the medical business industry. I'm also an author and a speaker and a certified grief and empowerment coach. So how that came about in 2007 was my 17-year-old son, Bryant, was killed tragically in a car accident. And, of course, no mother wants to get that nighttime call that I received. And at that time, um, I was really facing a road of depression, of course, as you can understand, losing your child. So it was either depression and destruction or using my pain and regaining some power to live in the way that I'm supposed to live. So I say that it was my calling um, and that God woke me up in 2007. And my first book was Wake Up Call, A Mother's Grief Journey, which was published in 2014 because I wrote for seven years, literally wrote in a journal about every pain, struggle, thought, because I'm not one to burden other people. Um, I'm not that negative Nancy. I'm the one that's the friend that you want to call to get inspiration from. Um, so I wrote everything in a journal to keep from burdening others. And I, what I didn't realize was in that seven years of writing, I was actually healing myself, mm-hmm. you know, so not only was I writing that down, I didn't realize that was going to turn into a book in 2014, which has also helped other mothers and just people in general that grieve because everyone grieves at some type time in life, we're going to have a loss, whether it's the loss of a loved one, it could be divorce. It could be your job. You know, it could be your business, your finances, um, whatever it is, someone is going to grieve. Um, someone always grieves in this world universally. We all grieve. And so I use my calling as I call it my chosen calling from God, uh, to help other people 
you know, especially women. I have a passion for women that have been through adversity and setbacks and tragedies and try to help them get off the ground from where they are. So that's a little bit about me and what I'm doing right now. Well, you are so strong. You, uh, We're going to get into all the things that, that you're doing as Sherry Ricard because you have a brand. And it is really amazing to kind of follow you. You know, as we connected professionally and I started to learn more and more about you, I thought, wow, what an inspiration that you are to so many Thank people. You. Yeah, you really are. And so I'm so glad that you're here to to really share this and I know a lot of people just right now off the top of my head that, you know, are going to be reaching out to you from this program. So, oh, that's awesome. So really thanks for sharing and, and taking time with us today. Cause I know you're busy. You speak and you do all kinds of things. <laughs> I do, you know, I mean, the speaking really kind of came later. The writing was more of, you know, I didn't realize, like I said, that it was going to be a healing for me. And I, I really encourage other people to write in a journal. Mm-hmm. I know not everyone likes to write and, you know, we have laptops now and we can carry them everywhere or even your phone. And I encourage that. That's a big healing for me, but the speaking kind of came later, um, after the writing and that took a little bit of getting used to now it's just, you know, it's no big deal. It's like Mm -hmm. putting on your makeup every morning. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal to do it, but, um, yeah, that took a while to get to that point. I want to talk to you about this reflection because when you, when people experience pain and it Mm -hmm. is very personal, how we all deal with it, you know, some people may, um, have the exact same same thing happen and you look at two people on the street and then you follow their path and they can deal with right all of these things that that happen next differently and right. one can feel stuck and the other one looks like they're dealing with things just you know it's not a big deal I can get through it I've got a support system but on the inside right? They can feel completely different. And so what I want people to get from this interview and this podcast is it's okay. You know, you all have a unique way Mm -hmm. to be able to experience things, but it's how you tune into that. And you've got to go through, you've got to go through the grieving process in your own way. Uh, And so there are so many different techniques and and I love how you talk about reflection first, because that's a big one on leadership. Anything that you do, reflect on it and then try to go back and understand, is that really what is going to get you through your journey or do you need to change something about that? And, um, and so reflecting for you was writing. And right. as, as you've talked to other mothers that have experienced this, because you, you've been, you know, really connected to this now for your personal story for a long time. And what have you found other techniques that people are are doing or have tried or have been successful with if they're not a writer, you know, to reflect on Uh that? Do you have some tips for people that, um, you know, others have tried? You know, it just depends on what what you're grieving over, though, Melanie, because, I mean, grief, it's overwhelming, right? I mean, it leaves us feeling helpless. Um, any type of grieving leaves us feeling helpless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even they have the stages of grief and, you know, in the different stages of grief where you have your anger, denial, bargaining, acceptance, and depression, even with all of that, and people say, okay, I'm in this stage and I'm in this stage, no matter what it is, you have to really know where you are. And that's the hardest thing is that say you lost your job. Okay, say you lost your job or you lost your business. You know, the first thing that someone goes through when they're grieving over the loss of a business or or, or loss of anything is complete denial. Because it's almost like a shock. You're sitting there going, did this really happen? 
I can't believe this happened. Mm -hmm. And you almost feel like it's like an out-of-body experience sometimes where you're just, you cannot wrap your head around what just happened. Mm -hmm. Maybe your husband or your wife walked out the door and said, I'm done. I'm over. I want a divorce. And you're going, what's just happened here? So that once you get through the fact that this is really happening, you can start walking into the different stages. Now, in my situation, you know, I was, of course, in complete denial. I was 2,000 miles away from home on a business trip um, when I got the call that my son was killed in a car accident. So immediately my denial was, well, it wasn't him. You know, somebody borrowed his truck and his wallet was in the console. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my gosh, you know, who was it? It was one of Bryant's friends. I was in complete denial all the way to the airport to take that first flight out of L.A. to Memphis. And even when I landed, it was still a, a, a denial until I actually saw him. And when you see when I actually saw him, you know, then I started in the bargaining phase. If you'll just bring him back. Mm -hmm. And that's what you'll go through with the grief if it's uh, the loss of a business or a loss of your spouse, whatever you're grieving over, that pain is real. And you have to get through the part of denial and then you get to the part of bargaining. And sometimes these stages, they go in different. Sometimes it's depression and then you go back to anger and then you may go back. The end goal is acceptance. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about. That's the hardest part to get to is because when you say you accept it, when you're grieving over a child or a parent or a sister or any loved one, because you say you're accepting it means that that person wasn't important anymore or that person, well, that person doesn't exist physically. So I have to put it out of my mind. And that is the farthest from the truth mm -hmm. because that's what keeps people from getting to the acceptance stage is because they believe by accepting it, then they're not, they weren't a good mother. Maybe, I, you know, I'm not a good mother. I can never accept the fact that my child died. If I did that, then what kind of mother am I? Or what kind of daughter would I be? Or sister would I be? Or friend? And that's not true. Acceptance just means that I know this, this has happened. And what am I going to do moving forward? Because grief is in two parts. It's the grieving that you have to go through. And then it's the remaking of your life. Mm -hmm. That's part two. So you have to be able to accept to get to part two. So what made me get to a part two of remaking of my life, and I'm not telling you that I don't have bad days. I would be lying to you right now if I told you I did not have what I call my Bryant days. And some moms will grieve over, uh, you know, the birthday of their child, or if it's your mom or, par you know, parent or sister, loved one, they'll grieve over the birthday. The birthday is not as hard for me as Mother's Day or Christmas, mm -hmm. which is, it's not odd. It's just me, you know, and then July 12th, every year, what I, that was the anniversary of my son's um, death is July 12th. So on the 12th of every single year, I keep myself busy. Mm -hmm. I don't allow myself to wake up and say, okay, today's July 12th and just cry myself all day long. Because when you do that, you're never allowing yourself to get to the acceptance stage. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to do that. So how do we do that? There's different ways you can do it. You can go to a counselor. You can read empowerment books. You can read grief books. You can talk to someone that has walked in your steps that you've been through. 
You know, if you've been through a divorce, go talk to someone that's been through a divorce and has already been through it. It's over. The divorce is final. It's been years. That's the person you want to talk to. Mm -hmm. Because it's you know, having so, that mentor, right? It's having that mentor to help you to say, exactly. I've been there, even though it feels like, and a lot of people, you feel so isolated when this happens, right? Like exactly. nobody else in the world has experienced what I'm experiencing right now at this time. Right. And so right. And everybody can so be a mentor. Everybody can be a mentor. And it's, right. it's at what capacity you can allow them to kind of help you through that journey. Uh, because right. like you said, you gave a lot of great examples, but there are so many people that, that I know I've had, had it happen to myself. You know, you feel like, why did this happen to me? Right. And uh -huh. it's nothing that maybe you've done. It's how, uh, you know, the extenuating circumstances, I mean, losing a child in a car accident, there's nothing right. anyone could have done to change that. And, no. and, you know, and here we go to the grieving, and I know you're very spiritual. You know, some people may say, why did God do this, right? And you've got to right. understand in your own way what that looks like and how to keep that spiritual connection to get your life back on track because right. there's a lot of anger, right? You talked about that, the steps of anger and, and reassessing, you know, what is the critical value and importance in my life. And right. For holidays, for Mother's Day, you know, that's a having people around you as well be compassionate enough to really understand that that is your story, right? And, right. and celebrating that person during those times or finding a way, right, to then right. transition through that. But that's not easy. And no, it's not. It's not. And you know, the thing is, when, you, when you're going through that, the, the grief, you, you have to realize that traditions change. You know, Saturday mornings are never the same when you lose a child. They're not the same when you lose your best friend. Mm -hmm. You know, Sundays may not be the same when you lose your parent. Maybe that's something you did every Sunday was, you know, go to mom's to eat lunch. Mm -hmm. And you don't do that anymore. So it's not just that loss. It's your everyday routine and traditions change. Just like Christmas, you know, was is always hard for me because that was... Bryant's favorite holiday besides the 4th of July, which is, I don't know what he loved about 4th of July. He loved fireworks. So the 4th of July is, can also be a little tough for me. Mm -hmm. Um, listening to the fireworks because I just picture him, you know, out there with the fireworks. Cause that was so fun for him. And it was our last really, I guess you would say holiday together, mm -hmm. um, was the 4th of July. Cause he died on the 12th, but you know, there's things that you can do. And I, and I, I actually have, an article for those that are going through grieving and Christmas and Thanksgiving are really hard for people um, with their family. I have a article, it's a blog actually on my website, and it talks about the traditions that you can change and do to bring that loved one back to Thanksgiving and Christmas in a different way. Mm -hmm. And then that way you're celebrating those, those individuals and your loved ones in a different way. And you almost look forward to those new traditions and there's all kind of really cool examples that you can do and that makes it fun and and light um not that you're not going to cry or you're not going to grieve during those holidays but it's a way to bring them back into those traditions in just a different way mm -hmm. because things you know everything like you said i love that really that visual that you created for us just a second ago it every 
thing that you do every day is going to change the way you think. And so right. you have to you have to start with some kind of a consistent pattern to start giving yourself that strength. And right. you, you did it through writing, which I think is a, uh, I hear a lot of people talk about that, uh, which is a great way to blog, to just journal, to you know make maybe make a little video, right, or go through photographs or you know, scan documents, things that will bring you back to the personality of that person that is missing in your life. Uh, some, right. Something, right, to, to get you past um, that first stage because people get stuck. People get they stuck. Do, they do get stuck. And, you know, and but you have to think about the people that are in your life. You know, that was one thing with me is, you know, I, I stayed in bed. I literally stayed in bed for weeks, but I had a seven-year-old not only that needed his mother, but I had a seven-year-old that just lost what he thought was the next best thing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was his big brother, which was everything to him. You know, when Bryant was around, he was the only thing that mattered to Carson, my seven-year-old. And, you know, I really had to come to grips with you know, Carson deserves the same mom that Bryant had. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had to get myself out of bed, but I'll tell you, there was people that helped me and you do need a support system. But the one thing that a lot of us do, especially grieving moms, is we won't allow people to help us because that means that we're not in full control. And because a lot of moms think that we're super woman because we have so many chores and we have so many things that we do on a daily basis, you may work full time and have other children and you may or may not have a husband or you may be a single parent and you have a lot of burdens and you have to let those people that want to help you help you because it's healing for them as well. You know, there's nothing more heartbreaking than for you to try to help somebody that can't break through any type of grief and they won't allow you to help them. And then, and then, you know, you feel helpless. Mm -hmm. Why won't you let me help you? You know, because they're hurting too. If they know you, they know your loved one. And so they're dealing with their own grief and maybe the way that they're trying to heal and get through their grief is to help you go through yours. So it's a little selfish not to allow them to help you. Maybe it's your neighbor just wanting to cut your grass, mm -hmm. you know, or your church or your friends are wanting to bring you food or take you out for a glass of wine or dinner. Or just let them, mm -hmm. you know, let them do those things. Because even if you have to train your mind of, you know, I'm going to do these things, not because I want to, but because, you know, they want to help me and I'm doing it for them. So be it. You know, just shift your mind into thinking that you're helping them because, in fact, it's going to help you and you don't even realize it's mm -hmm. going to help you. So I want to stop you right here and I want to ask you a question. As, sure. as a mother that has gone through this, for people that are on the outside that say, gosh, I remember when Sherry was going through this and mm -hmm. I was so I felt like she was so isolated because she was dealing with her grief in her own way. I didn't know what to say. I was uncomfortable mm. because I didn't know what to say. I wanted to help, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be anymore. What would you recommend? Uh, There's so many people that talk about that. So what's, yes. what's your experience and what can you help our listeners understand? 
You know, I love that question, Melanie, because I get that a lot. And I will tell you, when you don't know what to say, the worst thing that you can do is say nothing at all. Mm -hmm. That is the absolute worst. Now, as far as what you can do, it is whatever is in your heart. Mm -hmm. Maybe you make jewelry. You know, maybe, like I said, you can uh, cut their grass or take out their garbage. You don't have to ask them to take out their garbage if their can is sitting there full and she can't get out of the bed, just roll it out to the end of the driveway. You know, don't put so much thought into, you know, what can I do to help them through their grief? It's not really, you're not going to help them move, move through it. You know, they're going to go through their own pace, whether they're in the depression or the anger or the bargaining stage, wherever they are, you don't have to do something just for the grief, just do something for them. You know, if you can't get out of bed, because you're depressed and you have three kids, you have to get to school. How nice would it be for somebody to say, hey, listen, this week, I'm going to run your kids to school and I'm going to pick them up for you. Mm -hmm. You know, how nice would that be? You know, or maybe it's just somebody that I'm just going to come sit with you for an hour and bring you breakfast and let's chat. Mm -hmm. And as far as what to say, you know, it just depends on where that mother is. But Please, you know, for any of the listeners that know a mother that's grieving, don't walk away from that mother because you can't not saying anything at all. She is going to remember that five years and 10 years and 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. You may not remember everyone that's at the funeral. And I can tell you that there's no possible way that I can tell you everyone that was there the day that we buried Bryant, because they did tell me later, it was the largest funeral they had at that funeral home. And it was at a point where there were hundreds of people outside that couldn't get in. And Bryant was just very well known in his high school and in the community. And But I couldn't tell you who was there. But I can tell you who was there for me after the fact. Mm -hmm. I remember who brought food. Maybe not initially, but later I remember who brought food. I remember um, who I just came over. I remember the phone calls and the messages and the letters. And I remember the cards. I, I kept them. I kept them for a long time, and then I put them in a bin that has a lot of things that um, I keep safe for Bryant, and I keep that. I don't necessarily go back to it, but I know it's there, and that's comforting enough for me. Mm -hmm. You know, so don't walk away from that mom because I can also remember those that I thought that would be there that weren't. And that's heartbreaking because now not only is that mom heartbroken over the loss of her child, now she's going to deal with those that she loved and thought that loved her that was not there for her in any way. Mm -hmm. She's going to remember that. And then now she has to deal with that pain as well. And that's so hard because, you know, sometimes it's people that don't know what to do, right? And that's what mm -hmm. I hope this can message can get out is if you have someone in your life that has experienced this, that you won't be afraid to step up and step into their life to be right. able to help them, right? Because I think that's what happens. And then, like you said, you have pain from the loss of a person, right, a child mm -hmm. or a spouse or whatever that is, and then there's not enough room for any more pain. Right. And so, right. you know, and it's so important. And, and people that are involved in, you know, church in their community – Churches 
are known <laughs> for right. for building that bond, right? For trying to help and reach out. But people that don't have that connection or they're new to a community when this happens or you know, they've they're they're distant for some reason. Uh, uh-huh. It's just a lot of things that that people can take away from your message, Sherry. That is so important in whether you're going through this yourself or whether people around you are experiencing this. And you know, grief happens every day, like you said. It doesn't have right. to be the separation or a death or or something as tragic, right? But think right. loss of a pet, right? Think things happen that make us transition and and change things in our life every day. And so part of part of what you're um, talking to us about is just pay attention to that and be there for people that you can tune into what it is that, that you can do to add value to them, right? Exactly. Because anybody that's grieving, no matter what it is, all they're really doing is just searching for some type of peace because a person is hurting and they hurt for so long at some point. They really just want peace. Mm -hmm. You know, I find, I call the beach my happy place. And, you know, I never thought that I would be able to use the word happy again. I even said it was, it may have been my birthday. And that was four months after Bryant um, had passed away. I think I told someone that I will never use the word happy again, because I'll never be happy. And, you know, never is a long time. So you, you have to be able to find what your happy spot is. And for me to say that I could never be happy is a little selfish to those people that are living and that are in my life. You know, you, you have to live your life, but in, while you're still alive, <laughs> so you don't have that choice. So why would you want to live your life unhappy? My son wouldn't want me unhappy. Mm-hmm. My son and I were extremely close, very, very close. He he seriously thought I hung the moon, and I threatened everyone if they told him I didn't that I would <laughs> chop their fingers off because I he thought that I hung the moon, and I just liked it that way, mm-hmm. you know. And and I, of course I thought that he did too, and we had a really good bond between us and he could not stand to see me cry over anything. So why would I live my life unhappy knowing that that would make him sad if he was here? Mm -hmm. You know, so I tell moms a lot of times, you know, what would your child want from you right now? What would your child want from you? How can you honor them? Instead of grieving every single day and, and, and I say wallering because we can all waller, you know, it comes to the point to where you are having a pity party and wallering in it. And believe me, I still have my days and those are okay, but I don't every day have a depression and pity party over the setbacks, adversities, and the heartbreaks, absolute tragedies that I've had. You know, and a lot of people don't know, I just buried my dad two weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was a horrible day. I was there when my dad took his last breath and I stood by his side, I held his hand and it was heartbreaking. And it's still, it's still almost to, I'm a little bit in the denial stage still that I haven't wrapped my head around is, wow, my dad, who was literally my biggest fan and was so proud of me in life is not here anymore. Mm -hmm. So 
that support system, even though he hasn't supported me financially or, or any of those things, he had a stroke a year ago, he hasn't been able to do a whole lot. He was still there, still in his right mind, talking to me every time I went over and visited him and was just, I would just put a smile on his face. I don't get to see that anymore. Mm-hmm. But I know my dad was so unbelievably proud of how far I had come and where I am in my life now that I don't want to disappoint him every day. I'm not going to disappoint him. Just because he's not here I'm, doesn't mean that I have to – okay, well, dad's not here, so you know it doesn't matter what I do. No, I am going to live just like I was, making him proud even though he's watching over me in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to get our positive mindset. And that's where our faith comes from. That's right. That is where our faith comes from. And for people that are struggling with that, you know, that's a really, that's a really tough personal journey because, you know, some, some people struggle with that a lot and, and say, why did God do this? Right. But evolution of losing a parent or a child, um, my grandmother lost, um, two of her children out of three. Wow. And experience that through life. And I always thought, you know, she cries. She would, I would find her, you know, privately crying and reflecting uh-huh. on all those things in her life that, you know, you looked at her and thought, oh, she's so strong. But when you don't know somebody's personal story, right, that's where you have to kind of say, hey, do what you can to add value to those around you because you don't know what somebody else is going through. Right. No, you don't. I mean, you can walk down the hall of a, a hospital or the mall or, or down the street and you have, if we could see a bubble over everyone's head and what their <laughs> thoughts were, Yep, That's so true. you know, you would be amazed how much pain and struggle and negative talk people have to themselves every day, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I, and I call it a daily dose of inspiration. So where do you get your daily dose of inspiration? If your car is empty of gas, we go to the gas station and we fuel it up. So when you're empty, when your inspirational tank is empty, where do you go to fill it up? And there's lots of places to go, you know, and that's where I am today. I am one of those people that want to be that passion giver of inspiration and empowerment for those that are going through any type of setback. You know, I'm here to motivate and and teach and just give practical guidance to those that are struggling in any type of grief or adversity or setback in their life. That's my God-given purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you know, you started a um a Facebook live group. Mm-hmm. So I want you to talk about that a little bit and because that's not something that you've been doing, but you just started that. So tell us a little bit about how you thought about getting into that and, and what that was like to kind of, I know, cause a lot of people say, I can't do a Facebook live. You're right. Oh, I know. But your yeah. purpose yeah. <laughs> was behind all this. Exactly. So you, you, so tell me about that journey. Okay. I will tell you this. Facebook Live for me was probably so out of my comfort zone than anything that I've ever done. And I'll tell you, it was straight up a mentor by the name of Tiffany Hendra. She is a precious friend of mine. Some people know her from reality TV, um, Real Housewives of Dallas. But what they don't know about her is that she is very spiritual. She is um, 
an empowerment coach as well. And she teaches people to really be authentic and come alive and be themselves on camera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've known her for a couple of years now and she, I thought she was just going to give up on me because I don't know what it is about. (laughs) I can talk to you all day long, but if you put the camera in front of me, I've got the deer in the headlights and we would make a joke about it. And I don't know at some point with her mentorship and just her just being a really good friend and an encourager for me. And, you know, we sat down, um, we were at lunch one day and I was in Dallas and, you know, she's just such a natural and she's just so real of a person. And when she talks to you, you just think, you know what, I'm that same person, but how can she do that on camera? But yet, that's hard for me. Mm -hmm. And it was just a mental block for me. That's all it was. It was just simply a mental block. And one day, you know, I said, you know what, I'm just going to lift it off because how can I be everything that God wants me to be and be that inspiration and give those messages if I don't step out of my comfort zone and allow God to take over what he wants me to do? Why am I limiting God's you know, ability for me. Mm -hmm. Why am I trying to do that? And I'm thinking that's just, that's ridiculous. It's selfish. So I did, I got the, the, the lighting that she wanted me to get. I set that, that, that phone up and I just started one day. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it for one month. I made a commitment and I write my goals and commitments down because I'm a journal person and I like to see it. If I see it, it makes myself accountable. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I'm going to do it every Wednesday you know, for the month of July and see how it goes. That's the only thing I'm committing to and just see if I like it. Oh my gosh. It's just like I created a monster in myself (laughs) because (laughs) I, I had so much positive feedback and we had so many replays, thousands and thousands of replays that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. And I took some time off um, from doing it because it is a commitment when you're going live. You know, you have to commit to that same time, you know, every week. Mm -hmm. So it was a commitment. And so after that, I took a little time, but Real Girl Talk, which, you know, that was just a God-given name for me for the show. I'm coming back this Thursday on the 23rd, and I have a fabulous guest, Leanne Lachlan. Some people know her from reality TV as well, but what I love about her is she's very charitable, and she's going to be talking about charities and how to raise money for the charities. So anyone that's listening to this show that wants to know how to start a charity or how to get involved in a charity, that's what we're going to be talking about Thursday on Real Girl Talk. So that'll be Thursday. The date will be... The 23rd. August 23rd. So when this show airs, I will connect that link to make sure that people can connect to that if they haven't listened to it for some reason, because that's really what this is about. It's connecting people. Yes. So yeah, I love that, Sherry. Thank you. Yes, yes. I'm super excited. And the plan is to come back every week with Real Girl Talk Facebook Live until it transitions into podcast radio, which I'm looking for that to be more towards September or October of this year. Excellent. Well, that's a great, great way to kind of transition into that because, you know, it's growing. You started, you know, this, this thing happened, this event happened to you in 2007. And here you are in 2018. You didn't really understand at that point in 2007, July 12th, if you close your eyes, what you felt that day, taking that pain and now turning it into managing that and being able to walk through 
what you talked about is your steps in this grieving process, putting your life back together so that you can encourage and inspire others to say, you have pain, but I'm going to help you get through it. I'm going to help you through your adversities. I'm going to help you become stronger through this because you have become stronger through it. You, John Maxwell teaches all of us, you know, you can't tell somebody how to do something unless you've lived it. And exactly. a lot of people that will get a tour guide. I love one of his examples. You know, you get it, hire a tour guide and they say, oh, I'm going to tell you how to get the right boat and get to Alaska and see the right excursions. But some of those have never done that. And so you right. get there on the trip and you're like, this isn't really what I expected. Right. But it's finding right. and connecting to the right people that have experienced what you need to be that mentor, to be that coach, to be that inspiration, to help you get to that next step. It's all about one step at a time. So right. I really, I have so many people in my life that need to connect to you for inspiration and help and, and their journey. And so I love that you have shared all this with us today. Um, talk to me about, you know, I know you're in medical sales, so you're doing all of this because you have passion. It's one of my guests right. talked about, hey, it takes, you know, five years to be an overnight success once you decide what you're doing and what what you have your passion around. And the other thing is when you find something that is personal to you, it's not like uh-huh. it takes you away from other things. It's your life. It's who right. you are, right? And so right. you you are this person in everything that you do. <laughs> it's not like, oh, this is a part-time job. I'm clocking in for this, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> now I got to go do this. This is this is not that. This is um, so important for people to understand, too. If they're going through things, you may have a, an eight-to-five job where, you know, you got to pay the bills. But that doesn't have to take you away from experiencing and exploring the things that you can become. Exactly. And, you know, and the thing is, you you can work a full time, I guess we say a full time corporate job. You can be an entrepreneur. You can be anything you want to be and you can still have a love and a passion for something else. Right. You know, I'm passionate about what I do. Now, you know, I, of course, I'm a nurse, and so my initial instinct is caring and love for others. And there's no way that I could have done what I did in ICU and traveling nursing and what I did for years without having a true caring and compassion for others. So that's the core of me. So from that core of me, being able to deal with the tragedies and things that have happened in my life, and I've been through a lot. I've been through bankruptcy, so I've been through financial ruin. I've been through spiritual turmoil because, you know, I was mad at God too, you know, when when Bryant died. I had to really, really dig down deep and say, okay, you know, God's not doing this to me. You know, he is actually trying to show me something from this. And that's where your faith comes from. So I had financial issues at one time in my life, spiritual issues, physical issues, health issues, you know, to deal with as well as emotional. We all go through all of that in our life and we have to hold down a job and maybe raise children and have a family and, and do, you know, just run errands every day can be hard for someone that is tormented by some tragedy that they're having in their life. But it's okay. You can have your full-time job or be your entrepreneur, your businesswoman, your businessman, whatever you're doing, and you're still that same person touching individuals 
throughout everything that you do. I mean, right now I'm talking to you from San Antonio, Texas, where I was speaking yesterday, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, and, and I'm taking time. We're talking about this today because every day I allow God to use me in a way that God wants to use me Mm -hmm. because he created me, right? We're, we are all here on purpose for purpose. I say that over and over and over. What is your on purpose for purpose? And it makes people think, well, if I'm here on purpose, then what is my purpose? That's right. And if you want to find what your purpose is, just look at what you're passionate about. What are you passionate about? And when you think about what you're passionate about and things that you do on your day, everyday life, there lies your purpose. Now, use your purpose as your calling to be able to reach others. Because it's just not all about us every day. You know, I think a lot of times, and I'll just, you know, I've I've got to use this really carefully not to hurt people's feelings, but it's just not all about you, girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes don't you want to just say, hey, it's just not all about you. Whether you're talking to a family member or a friend or a coworker or somebody that you know, and it's not. It's about other people and what you can share for those And what you're going to get back from that is 10 times what you're actually given to that person. 10 times. And that's through God. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and we all have experienced, right, those groups, those times, those synergy moments where you think, oh, we've got the right people on the right team. We've got the right family members around the table to take care of this, whatever it is. Um, And they always say, there's always one, right? (laughs) There's always one. <laughs> There's always one that you yes. want to look in the eye and go, but you're not on the same page that we are. You you've got your own motivation, maybe for selfish reasons, maybe just, you know, manipulating whatever it is. There's always that one that's not seeing what the rest of the group does. So, it's having right. the the idea that what you believe in Right. You talked about limiting beliefs to get you to do Facebook Live. You've figured out how to get through those limiting beliefs and try something different. And and you right. prepared yourself to go, okay, I've got a mentor, I've got to have her coach me. We've got to get to the point where I can do this. Because I, I have the ability, I just have the fear. So you walk through that journey, overcame that fear, tried it, and now you understand that it's not as scary as you thought it was. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing. That was the whole inspiration, Melanie, on the last book. You know, I wrote a a few books, but the last book, um, well, I'm writing one right now, but it doesn't launch until next year. But the last book that launched is Strong Women, How to Live an Empowered Life Through Adversity. And the whole reason why I was so passionate about this book was answering all those questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've got chapters on building self-esteem and just steps to positive thinking, six steps on how to build a positive mindset and surrounding yourself with the right company. And in that, I talk about dealing with those impossible people, the ones that are around the table that you just can't seem to break through. And there's a point to where you have to stop trying. Right. Because not everyone is going to think like you. Not everyone is like you. Not everyone wants to be like you. You know, some people want to be in their misery and there is nothing (laughs) that you can say or do to break that wall. You have to let that person find their own path. Now, there are little things you can do. I call them laying little seeds of, you know, power, um, you know, positive empowerment thoughts and mindsets. But, you know, 
I've even heard people go, oh, my gosh, I can't stand to be around that person. She's always happy 24 hours a day. Well, would you rather her be crying? Mm-hmm. But you, you know, I mean, well, and I want to touch on something real quick, because in our leadership lessons and classes, we always te- it comes back to this. What you just said is so important. So I want to teach a lesson here. It's this um, law of the mirror, as we call it. And it's when people respond that way. Right. It's because. It's because they have some unhappy thing. They have something that they haven't been able to deal with that it comes out as, yeah, I don't want to be around that type of individual. They're too powerful. They're too confident. They're too happy. They're too whatever because it's them personally, right, that is dealing with some kind of, you know, gap that they have in their life for whatever reason, but it's so much of that that you see in groups in society. It could be in a volunteer organization. It could be in your right. work environment. It could be in your family. But it's always about, you know, try not to take what people view as truths, right, about what, what you are. So in, in uh, essence, right, if someone says something to you, you're too confident, Sherry, you, you intimidate me. You're too confident. You're too happy. You're uh-huh. too joyful. You know, how can uh-huh. you do this? You've had grief in your life, right? Right. I've had that. Yeah. Because it's that how that person feels about themselves. Right. And their journey, right? And so that is really hard to understand if you haven't gone through diversity or adversity or overcoming things or really being able to step out and have that confidence in your own life. To be able to say, hey, I know that that what they're going through isn't about me. It's about them. Exactly. And fear. And fear. You know, a lot of things in in, in what you're saying is absolutely 100% true. And a lot of times we don't do what we really want to do because of fear. And we're so afraid to really be our authentic self because maybe somebody's not going to like that. Yeah. And it's it's so hard because... It's like it is. It's okay. Just be authentic and connect to the things that empower you to make you joyful, right? right? Whatever that looks like. Exactly. So why wouldn't you want to live a life of just have fun, be joyful, live in your truth, just be you, right? You know. Mm-hmm. And but people don't want to do that. They truly. I mean, people. You can find your greatest strength when you're your most vulnerable. <laughs> You really can. And as women, we always tend to be perfectionists. We are. You know, we want to be able to know for sure we're going to succeed at something before we actually try it. Because we're so threatened by failure, we don't want to reach out for new things. That's so true. You know, and that thinking, it has to be reversed. You know, we need to be able to go. We have to go over after the things that scare us. You know, you hear that saying, if your dreams don't scare you, then they aren't big enough. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is so true because being able to be bold and fearless, even if we fail, it's okay because then you're able to move on. Oh, well, I failed at that. That didn't work out. Let me move on. What did I learn from that? Oh, well, I learned X, Y, and Z. Well, let me apply it to my next adventure or my next project. But we're so afraid that we're going to fail or somebody's going to think differently of us because we have this perception of ourselves that we try to put out there to other people and it's not who we are you can only be someone else for so long 
So it's just a lot easier just to let your hair down and just be you. <laughs> and you've got a chapter in your book that that's be you, be strong, right? Be, be you. you, be strong. That's right. That's be right. you. <laughs> I mean, because it's really hard to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. And not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone's going to like you. You're going to be a little much for someone. You know, I know I get really passionate when I talk about things and then my, you know, my pitch goes up a little bit and I have to go, okay, now I'm screaming, <laughs> you know, and my husband will even go, okay, lower it just a little bit because I get so excited and I'm so passionate about wanting to help other women be on fire about their passions and their purpose because I know what healing has done for me. Right. And when I see someone hurting and just struggling through a divorce or a death or whatever, they're going through I just I just want to wrap my arms around him and go just let me show you just right. let me show you give me a chance and some people just can't handle that they mm -hmm. want to stay right where they are you know because of either they're getting attention from the misery that they're in and that happens a lot or they're just afraid to step out or they just feel guilty for being happy and joyful because they feel they shouldn't mm -hmm. after going through any type of loss in their life. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at it completely, completely the wrong way. Man, Sherry, you are such a wise woman. You have uh, just my heart just wants to give you a big hug right now. Um, because you really have connected a lot of messages through. I know your books, you've got your books out, and I want to connect people to you and your books and your podcasting that you're going to start, and, and hopefully we can help you with that. And, you know, so many things that you're going to do in the future to impact the world, which are Thank you. just incredible. So I love you. I'm so happy that we have connected through life and we're going to stay connected forever. <laughs> oh, we will. It's, it's just, it's, it's God given. We crossed paths for a reason. I say people cross paths for a reason, for a season, sometimes for a lifetime. And I truly believe we met each other for a reason. And I love you too. You're, uh, you're wonderful. <laughs> well, you inspire me. It's awesome. And you know, I think the message from this podcast is if someone is grieving, if someone is going through something and, and you feel like you want to help and you don't know what to do, figure out a way to do something and meet people where they are, right? Don't make it your right. journey. Meet people where they are and help them through their journey. Right. Exactly. So true. So, Sherry, in closing, how can we remind us how we can connect to you? How can we follow you? Um I would just absolutely want people, I know a ton of people that I'm going to send this to immediately, <laughs> but. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a couple of ways. Now the, the best way probably to get to my books, unless you go to Amazon or Barnes and Nobles and you go online and just put in my name, you can search it that way, or you can go to my website, which is sherryricard.com. And I have different tabs. There's a connect tab. There's a blog tab and just about me. Twitter, which I'm not on a whole lot, um, is at Sherry Ricard. I am on Instagram quite a bit. And that is is I am Sherry Ricard because someone took my name. <laughs> so I had to say, no, it's me. I am Sherry Ricard. I'm the authentic um, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm the authentic one. I am Sherry Ricard. Or you can go to my Facebook, which is where you will find Real Girl Talk Facebook Live, which is my Empowerment is Beauty Facebook page. I love it. I love it. Well, we will definitely, I'm sharing all these links and I just absolutely love that you've been a part of my journey. Now, 
as an everyday leader, right, the Everyday Leaders Journal will be chapter 33 with you. So we can also connect to your story and people can really start following and start journaling about what they have in their life that they need to get through. And so that's going to be another great way um, for them to follow you. Uh, and then the Leadership Summit, March 2nd, if you can be a part of that, I want to invite you here um, Thank you. to come and, and be a part and connect to people because, you know, there's nothing like seeing somebody, hearing somebody, but then being able to really um, connect to them live and say, hey, you've really made a difference in my life. So um, I want to invite you to that, too. And, and besides that, uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for your journey. Thank you. Oh, amazing girl. Uh, have a great weekend and we will be in touch. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful New Fields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.